Welcome, everyone, to the fourth episode of Kirk Your Enthusiasm. Now, it's uh, if this should go up the Friday of Labor Day weekend, and to be honest, I was holding off on asking my current guest on coming on. I wanted to wait till we got closer to the season, but frankly, there's simply nothing going on right now. Basketball is dead unless you want to wake up and watch hoops on the other side of the planet, in which, if you're a Mavs fan, you're basically hoping for like four to five minutes of Boban. But that's about all that we really have going on is the the FIBA Americas tournament. So I decided to call uh, one of my oldest pod uh, uh, social media friends in Jason Gallagher, uh, who currently works at TheRinger.com. Jason and I started working together at Mavs Outsider, I want to say like six years ago. And he had 400 followers and just did funny stuff. And so I've been following him since the very beginning. He has worked for I think a couple of different NBA teams. He's done all sorts of really just incredible things in terms of uh, basketball-related content. He is an Emmy winner. Is that right, Jason? That's what they tell me. Oh, God, I loved watching that video. Okay, so I I have Jason here. So how are you doing today, Jason? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I, you know, I appreciate the invite and this sort of in your in your precursor you mentioned that well you know i've got nothing else going on so i'm going to call jason Gallagher. um <laughs> fine. and also by the way you are more than welcome to uh to invite me on closer to the season i i, I come on as many times as you need pal well, that is, is sort of exciting. So I've had three uh, – you're, you're my fourth guest, and the three previous guests have all politely murdered the Mavericks. Um, Matt Moore actually got our roster wrong, which I've never heard the end of, and then Seth Partnow, who just recently rejoined uh, basketball media from the Bucks, just – you know, he kind of patted me on the head and said, it's not your time. So what I wanted to do and why you're really important for my podcast listeners not killing me is I wanted to get somebody on that was high on the Mavs and and doesn't necessarily work in the Mavs uh, media hive. So so talk to me right now about what you're feeling. You know, I don't know, two months out before the season. Did you say I'm high on the Mavs right now? I, no. well, I mean, yeah, you are. You're a Mavs fan. You're a you're an optimist. You always have been. I, I truly truly am. I mean, I am one of those people. I don't know. There there was a on the ringer NBA show, Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon recently talked about the Mavericks and Kevin talked about how the Mavs, you know, have a chance to fight for a playoff bubble spot. Right. And, you know, Chris Vernon was like, (laughs) he was like, you're dreaming all this stuff. Like, have you seen their roster outside of Luca and KP? Um, And I am one of those fans that really believes in the rest of the roster. I I believe that, used properly, these players can go a long way. Now, that being said, it is an NBA season and like literally everything has to go right for the Mavericks for them to fight for that playoff bubble spot. Like, you know, any team that really, really, really needs JJ Barea to do some stuff is probably not just like in the best shape so not that's not to dog on jj it's literally to say that everything has to go right um for this team to work which you know given that one of its two superstars is you know hasn't played in a while and i don't know and then you just like i don't like bad luck 
you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical, but I'm really looking forward to watching this team. It's a, it's like, it's full of guys that I just like really, really enjoy, you know, um, I was, uh, I've always been a Justin Jackson guy. I've always been, you know, what? yeah, I like Justin Jackson. I like Seth. I know it's weird that that's like the first one I said out of the game. <laughs> um, but like, there, I, I, I don't know. I like our, I like our team. I was, I was disappointed to see Seth Curry leave and now he's back. It's like, it's dope. I mean, the fact that he might have to play such a large role in the offense, you know, it's always, it's always fun to root for the guy who comes in every once in a while when he's healthy and he hits some threes and then you're like, Oh my God, this guy should be playing, you know, 45 minutes a game. What are we doing? And then the second they play more than like 24 minutes, you're just like, Oh, right. They're just sort of OJ Mayo or something. You know what I mean? Like I like OJ Mayo is the the perfect example of somebody that like I would have loved to have had in small doses, but he was just running the ship. Um, so, anyways, that I I, I like the in and the guys are just likable. I like Maxi. I like Dwight. Um, you know, Dorian Finney Smith. Like all those guys, they're they're super likable. Jalen Brunson. But those, those guys are likable. I I would I would pay big money to never have to watch Devin Harris play again, but that's just me, you know? Well, well uh, so you've touched on a couple of things I want to follow up on. First, first of all, like, I listened to an interesting podcast with uh, Rob Mahoney, Danny LaRue, and your fellow ringer cohort, uh, Jonathan Charks, the other day. And I think it was Charks who made the point that the Mavericks might have a leg up in the Southwest in the sense that, Everyone going into the season should know their role with, you know, in terms of who's going to be doing what, where, and when, even though a lot of these guys are kind of going to be new to the rotation, you know, KP, I have no idea what Justin Jackson really is going to be, but I think it's likely that they try to insert him as kind of that fifth starter just because they, they need something. So it's like that understanding what everybody's role is going to be before the season gives the Mavs a little bit of a leg up compared to like the Pelicans who have more players with a deeper pedigree. But, you know, those, there's a lot of those guys who are playing for, you know, their, their next contract. So like Dallas doesn't really have that problem. And, and I think that could give them, you know, a fighting chance in, in a, in a division, let alone a conference where, you know, every game is going to matter. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I sort of agree. I mean, there's other teams other than the Pelicans that worry me a little bit more, but uh, I, yeah, that, I mean, they were kind of veering that way a little bit last year, you know, after the trade. I mean, that was honest to God, the hardest part about watching the first part of the season last year was, was seeing these sort of like players have to adapt to Luka Doncic, like uh, understandably so, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, Mm -hmm like a Harrison Barnes stand, but I, I always, you know, thought he was a good dude and was just kind of doing his job. And I'm sure it was like jarring as hell to be like, Oh my God, I got to clear out for this rookie, which is, which is sort of, you know, it's not super common. So um, once, once that trade happened, it seemed like it's, it, it seemed like a team that was just like, everyone knew what they were supposed to be doing on offense, even if they weren't executing, properly so it'll certainly be interesting uh this season especially especially given how how much everyone you know the leaders are clear the the role players are clear the shooters are clear um 
It should be Shooter. Curry. It's really just one. It's Seth Curry. Oh. But that's okay. We love sure. him. I've I've okay. I've seen Jalen Brunson make a shot. All right, I'm that's selling. true. You're right. You're right. But so the the other thing that you touched on that I think is is kind of being woefully under discussed right now as Mavs, you know, Twitter and social media like slowly eats itself alive as we wait for basketball to start. It's like Devin Harris, who is tied with JJ Barea for number of games played in a Mavs uniform at like seventh all time. He's just not going to be a Mav next year. And I, I'm as much as I, I appreciate Devin's contributions, I am rather glad they decided to move on from that. I do. I was, you know, I was rather, you know, I thought he was going to end up in that spot. Am I crazy? Or was that something you were kind of like, like thinking about as the off season progressed? I just assumed, honestly, he, 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 he and JJ had just the longest leash I've ever seen on anything. They could have burned the building down and I thought they would be back. They could literally have limbs missing from their bodies. And I thought they'd be coming back. You know what I mean? And getting playing time. Well, I mean, that is what that is what's happening with J.J. Barea right now. By the time I think I he suits up, he might be like the oldest guard to ever come back from a uh, Achilles tear tendon. And like the running joke, which I think might not necessarily be a joke, is everyone feels fine about it because his his tendons are smaller. I don't think that's how that works, though. So it's going to be really weird to see what happens with him this year. I appreciate that. I appreciate that um, that theory. It's a good one. Well, okay, so there's really not enough for us to talk about in terms of uh, other than theorizing. So one of the things I I wanted to broach with you uh, is what in the world are we supposed to do with these workout videos, these workout pictures? Because, you know, I've been on Twitter since 2009. Oh, God, I say that. And the Mavericks have simply never had this sort of thing happen because, you know, workout videos weren't a thing. Like, could you imagine a workout video with Dirk at age like 36? Like, what would we do with that? Yeah. But now we're seeing, you know, like, like Drogic, uh, or I'm sorry, not Drogic. We're seeing Porzingis who, who looks like he's, he's in Rocky four and Luca was in a video, uh, just a pickup game today where he, like he looked physically outstanding and I'm trying to reconcile like how good he looked with, you know, that's not reality. Who cares? Like, like, what am I even supposed to do with this? Um, well, I was, I was literally talking about this with somebody earlier today. And it's one of those things that anytime, anytime other uh, fans of other teams would, would freak out and be like, dude, have you seen in bead? Like, you know, they, he looks amazing, whatever. I would always be like, well, that's so stupid. And then it happened today with Luca. And I was like, oh my God. I was just like ready to like drive to Vegas and put money on like Luca winning MVP or something. Like it's so, it's so stupid. We really, really shouldn't do much with it. I mean, the defense is never existent. The players are playing against, you know, they're only half trying you know there's not really much you can do with it other than the fact that Luca looks in in good shape and so does KP and um you know I appreciate the videos more than I appreciate the sort of workout um the workout photos which is which are 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 kind of another brand of funny because I was talking about this with a coworker that that you can really 
you know, using certain angles and certain mm. uh, you know, liquids and things like that and oils, you can really make it look like you are just jacked out of your mind. Okay. The old MySpace angles photo trick. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, Kirk, you, you know this, I'm a producer and there are, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying there there are ways you can make yourself look huge. Now, the, you know, most of the time when these guys put on this weight, it's like like Giannis had a picture last year where he looked like he was he looked like he was Brock Lesnar. Uh, uh, g- genuinely, he looked that jacked, and he was holding two like had to have been thirty pound dumbbells on each hand or whatever. And he he did get much bigger, like that that is accounted for. But from when I saw that photo, I was like, oh my god this shouldn't be elite or this shouldn't be legal. This is, this is like this person shouldn't be allowed to play basketball with other people. Um, <laughs> and it turns out he, he just kind of got a little bigger and KP has a photo like that where he looks like he's in Rocky for the, the one you're talking about. And I'm just like, Holy shit, we're going, we're going straight to the finals. Like as soon as I saw it, and then I had to like calm myself down and be like, you know what? Most people do not look, do not look the way that they are trying to present themselves in photographs. I bet KP is still super skinny out there compared to, you know, all these other bigger guys. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. And, and, but, but, but all that to be said, Luca looks good in a video. It's harder to fake physical, you know, uh, physical beauty, so to speak, um, physical growth, I guess in a workout video. So that part of things makes me very happy. The workout video angle where it's like ground level, like you were at a courtside seat, seeing that, and I've, I've honestly never seen anything like that for as many videos of Luca as I've seen even before pre-draft, seeing him run down the court with a basketball like that, was, even though it's just pickup, it, it, I'm sitting there thinking, what are you supposed to do about that? You know, for people who haven't seen Luka Doncic live, I, I really have to say, so many of these NBA players are lean. You know, Dirk was so lean. Tyson Chandler looked like a scarecrow. Luka is thick. And I mean that in all the best ways. So watching him run down the floor like that, I'm sitting there wondering, who who in that pickup court is really going to even bother him? So that was, like... I was trying not to get too excited about that. And that's kind of why I really wanted to talk with you about this today. Cause I knew, you know, you as a producer would be able to kind of talk me off the ledge a little bit. The one no. thing I did want to talk to you about the video though, is you posted a screenshot at like, I don't know, 1130 today where an old Maverick Monta Ellis was for some reason setting a screen. Like what talk to me about what you felt whenever you saw that screen is a generous word. It, it honestly was flashbacks to real life games. Like, you know how people are like, well, you don't really try as hard and pick up games and you don't really set the right screens or whatever. Dude, that was like a Monte Ellis full on. I'm trying as hard as I can to set the screen screen. And it sucked. It was awful. I've seen that screen one too many times. Um, but it did it did make me happy, man. Anytime I see that dude on the court, it's like it's I don't know. I I have only I, I would be interested to hear what you say. I only really have fond memories of Monte Ellis. I, I, despite the despite the last like three months or so, I just I loved watching him on the maps. He was in a you know what he he was a lot of fun and he helped us rebound from a season that should have been awful because after that tremendously bad plan powder decision, Monta Ellis, Dirk, 
uh, Jose Calderon, those guys, Vince Carter, gave us probably the best uh, post-championship season we've had to date. I mean, I just... I love, I, I will always love Monta Ellis. And, you know, I was even, I was in some DM uh, group chats today with people who were honestly saying, well, what's the harm in a, in a, in a camping fight? <laughs> and, and, you know, like we're just at that point in the year where, where I could kind of talk myself into anything. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to be back in just a few seconds after a note from our advertisers. Okay, guys, we are back with Jason Gallagher of TheRinger.com. So, Jason, I, I wanted to ask you one thing, because I think a lot of, of Mavs fans are, are aware of your work in varying degrees. Do you think you could kind of give me a, a quick walkthrough of how you ended up as, like, a top video producer at TheRinger.com from where you started? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think where I started is a, is a really it could be anywhere. You know what I mean? Um, I was born in Houston, Texas. No, <laughs> um, no, I, I, you know, I got into producing. I first got into producing is a very vague uh, term, but I got into stage producing in Chicago around 2010, 2011. And I wrote a musical called the NBA lockout. What did I? Put? I, I don't remember. The NBA lockout, the musical. No, it's called the lockout. I couldn't put NBA yeah. in the title. That's right. Okay. Oh. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, um, I did a lockout musical, and I started a blog. Well, you raise money for these things, and and so to sort of, I had no money to market the thing. So I, I actually started a blog. Uh, an NBA satirical blog called Ballerball. And um, that's kind of how I started to get some more national attention for the music, both the musical and then just like people started noticing the blog. Um, and we did that for several years and had some writers come on and, uh, and that was super fun. But that's probably how I, I started to sort of make a name for myself in NBA Twitter circles, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... That blog joined the True Hoop Network, um, and then through that, you just sort of fast forward a couple of years, I got an email from Chris Ryan that was like, "Hey, you know, Bill Simmons sent me an article you wrote, and uh, you know, we would love for you to contribute some stuff for Grantland." So I started to do that, and then I started to notice sort of a uh, a little bit of a void on their sort of multimedia side of things, and you know, I'm I fancy myself as sort of a hustler. And so I, I saw that void and, and was like, well, I, I vaguely know Photoshop. I'm going to sort of throw my name out there. As <laughs> yeah. I'm going to throw my name out there as somebody who, who could contribute there and they really needed it. So as uh, they started to lean on me heavily on the, that side of things. And I realized that there, you know, through my past, produ- uh, you know, productions and uh, like stage productions and things like that, that I loved producing. And I loved, um, I loved sort of the multimedia angle and it's something I hadn't considered before, but started to really get into it. So then I really, uh, I really put my head down and I went and uh, started working for just kind of ground up uh, at a small video house in Oklahoma city, moved there for a year and a half. And I just learned everything you could possibly learn about video. It was like a crash course. Meanwhile, I'm still freelancing for Grantland. Grantland goes under. And then I get the call that's like, Hey, do you want to join the ringer full time? 
and even then I was only probably, I was, I was only kind of experienced, but started, kept learning, kept learning, kept learning. And yeah, joined the ringer got a little over three years ago and yeah, now, now, now we're here. I do remember that text message because yeah. I, I am a ringer super fan. I'm probably yeah. slightly like to the point of edging on creepy. Yeah. Um, my we're going to talk about uh hallelujah shortly but my my son actually asks to hear hallelujah like unprompted uh there there's just like lots of ringer content that i love like take hunter yeah. uh which followed mind hunter season one which was the thing i knew you worked on like there you guys have just done some truly truly interesting and like kind of fun stuff and you know i know that like like media some some segments of media really are really segmented like i've i'm just not a youtube guy but i know people that spend so much time on there yeah. and you know you guys in terms of the sports media sphere seem to have been fairly pioneering in terms of getting your stuff up there i know you guys have well over a hundred thousand subscribers yeah. uh and and the stuff that the ringer does and i know that you've played a big part in that so that's that's really interesting man yeah you know it's uh, there is some benefit to the fact that i i don't have a ton of experience um in on the on this sort of like studio side of things um it's something that i love to think about and love to work with other people who have had that experience but you know being a sort of a product of the internet has helped me kind of understand the language a little bit um you know i'm now one of the older video people here at the ringer so it's kind of funny to say that now but mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it, the the stuff that we're doing on YouTube, I'm really excited about. I, I want us to continue to, you know, push forward and try to pioneer at least from from the perspective of a sports media website. You know, sure, sure. There's lots there's lots to do there. Okay, so I, I have to ask you because one of the defining non basketball moments of the Mavericks season last year was the creation of a video on your site called hallelujah which which became kind of the you know one of the like musical uh sensations of the year for like the nba so what what was your role in that and then could you also talk to us a little bit about the fact that you and isaac lee actually went to dallas to perform uh the song during one of the games at halftime or no during a commercial break whatever it was yeah um what was my role um well i I wrote it. I'm a big fan of Luka. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of Luka Doncic, um, and so it was actually kind of funny. We we had this. Isaac Isaac's a very talented musician, and I like writing music. And so he and I were sort of talking about doing a project, doing a project where we would write nba christmas songs and I, I and i started to get i kind of got a jump on it early and it was like october and i was like oh i wonder what you you know uh, and and i thought about the word hallelujah in reference to handel's messiah you know so like the hallelujah <laughs> and and in that's originally how i started to write it but then i was like you know what fits really good is it, like it was just it was one of those i, I write parody songs often <laughs> I got one dropping, you know, the tomorrow, which I guess is yesterday, eh, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I started to write the thing and everything fit like easily. It was written in like less than 30 minutes, which is a 
you know, it's, it's sometimes I really struggle with like fitting certain phrases and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just like perfect for Isaac's voice, honestly. And, and it was perfect for, you know, not, I've done songs on like Kyrie or whatever, and they just don't do as well. And we just hit like hit the Luka Doncic wave just right at the right time. And um, so, yeah, we, we, Isaac recorded it and it just did really well. I, I can't really predict the internet anymore because I, honest to God, this sounds like crazy, but I just had literally no idea it would do as well as it did. Um, but it really blew up. And then, and then, yeah, we got asked to go to Dallas to perform it, which is really funny it was really, really funny because I just saw all the ways it could go wrong. Um, and for a while there, it looked like it was going to go wrong. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, don't know I don't know how much of the story you want, but when we, we went, it, I had to talk. I want it all. I want the I, whole thing. So we got asked to do it. And I remember, I remember Isaac Lee really not wanting to do it. And he was like, I'm, you know, <laughs> I don't want to do it. He was like, I don't want to be out there by myself. I'm nervous, yada, yada. And I even tried to, because Jason Concepcion uh, is a coworker of mine. He's really good at electric guitar. So I actually like had proposed him going out for real playing electric guitar. But Jason was busy that, that weekend. We had to really make a decision like within 24 hours. So I told Isaac that I would go out there and fake play guitar in a wig if he would do it. And he was like, okay, I'm in. So we go. It was super fun. Like, it, like we get there, we feel like really important. They give us these jerseys, whatever. And um, we have to go sound check. And the sound check is like, this is just like an all time funny story to me because, you know, we have to sound check. It's, it's not just for our purposes. It's for the, the audio in arena, you know, entertainment people. Like we have to do a sound check and it's really, really helpful for Isaac. Like, it's hard to sing in a big arena. Like it's, it's hard to hear. It's, it's, it's difficult. So can I stop you real quick? For sure. Did you know that there was a hockey game that had been played there that day at American airlines center? No, we were, we were, we, we were not aware of much to be perfectly honest. <laughs> um, you know, it hadn't even dawned on me that this was one of those really weird Saturday games. that starts a little early, like a couple hours earlier. Like I think the tip off was like five. Um, mm. So it's a little out of the ordinary and it was raining outside. And so they decided early that morning, they were going to let people in. And so they were like, so you got to do the sound check before that. Well, the problem is, is that the Houston Rockets are all are practicing um, during this time. Um, but that, you know, we, we, it's not like we were insisting on anything. It was that the, the inter, in arena entertainment people were like, we got to get this, we got to get this fucking soundtrack done. I don't know if I can pass it. No, you can. I don't care. We got to get this thing done. And so <laughs> I've got a video on my phone. It's so funny of Isaac just eyes closed singing Hallelujah, like in the zone. And people are just so mad at him. And you go, you, you mean like James Harden and Chris Paul, like those so, kind of people. I, did, I didn't hear about James Harden, but I heard about Chris Paul being pretty pissed off and thinking it was disrespectful. And, and to, to his credit, I don't typically agree with Chris Paul. He was right. We were super disrespectful, but we were, it wasn't really on us. And so, you know, it, and it's, it's really loud. It's, it's like obnoxiously loud. And the Rockets players are just staring at us, just staring at us sing this. And then I see Chuck Cooperstein come storming our way to be like, 
you guys got to shut it down. And I'm like, oh shit. And the head of like in arena entertainment is like, it's not happening. We get, we have to get the sound check done. And so there was a nice little back and forth there. But um, afterwards we, you know, we go down and we kind of get, we, we go down to the, our little area, which is like in the court in the tunnels or whatever. And um, somebody's like, somebody comes up to us and is like, dude, Chris Paul is pissed. And, and he literally, like he had said something along the lines of like, he's going to shut up Luka Doncic tonight or something like that because of this song, which makes that game all the more impressive. I mean, like it's, it was, it was such a good game for Luka. So anyways, then the, the game starts, we, we go up, we sing, we do the song. My parents are super embarrassing. They're taking pictures. and <laughs> um, But Luka's playing terribly. Like he's having a really, really bad game. Um, and I remember going down at halftime and, you know, running into Tim Cato and and then talking to him, and then Tim McMahon comes up to me in the most Tim McMahon way. Was just like looks at me and is just like, he's not playing very well. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you better hope that he does because they're gonna blame you. And <laughs> he was right. That's when it all dawned on me that like, oh my god, there's gonna be Reddit threads that are like. Luka Doncic was O for whatever ever since the Hallelujah song. The Dallas Mavericks are, you know, one in 12 since the Hallelujah song. I, I just saw it all, the worst case scenarios taking place. And um, so we go back to our seats in the third quarter. It's not going much better and it just sucks. And I, they were down, you know, midway through the fourth, they were down by like 15 or something. And I was just like, uh, it was it sucked so bad. So when he turned it around and kind of went on that, I don't remember the exact number, but he went on an insane run. To Wait, that was the same game where he went bananas to end the game. Yeah, to end the game. And Holy did, crap! And beat and beat um, Houston, and it was it was crazy. I was I because I, I would have gone crazy either way, but partnered that with this sort of vested interest I had personally and him doing well so i wouldn't personally be blamed for this and i just i just lost my mind hugging strangers all this stuff like thank god thank god this dude pulled it out and after the game you know everyone's hot everyone's on high every maps person you see is just high vibe and you guys crushed it the fans treated us like we were the Beatles. Like it was great. We go down and we're supposed to meet Luca after the game. And, you know, we're sitting in this room for like a little photo op or whatever. And he, he comes in and he says the sweetest thing. He goes, thank you for my song. And I was just like, dude, like for real, thank you for doing whatever it is you did to win this game. Because that would have just been awful. And so like to know that that he did that playing poorly on a night where there was like quite a bit of pressure on him and like a pretty pissed off Chris, Chris Paul who wanted to like shut him down was that's when I was like, dude, I'm riding with this guy until he decides to like leave the Mavericks or retire, whichever. Like I, he, this guy is so good. And, oh, my and- God. Yeah, I just so so I think you you understand this. You have a you're a parent. You've been a parent a couple years more than me. 
I simply have gotten dumber as I've gotten older. I just have less, you know, room for things in my brain. Yeah. So I honestly thought of that, of, of the, the Hululuke, you know, experience and the Houston end as two distinct events. But, oh, my God, you're right. Like, God, I cannot even imagine being there. The, the, the people, like, that worked for the Mavericks, some of the, like – the people were like, that was the best regular season game we've had in years. Like that was the most fun. The crowd was as into it as they've ever been. And it was like sort of partnered with this Hallelujah performance and the, the, the in arena entertainment people were like, I don't think anything has ever gone that, that well, like that sort of like just smoothly. And then like sort of this, I don't want to say it's like a miracle ending, but it really like, at that point, Luca hadn't really shown he could do it like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it was just so, it was it was super fun, and um, yeah, I don't I don't really have any, you know, the fact that it happened against Chris Paul just made it even sweeter. <laughs> oh man, I I am so happy I brought you on just to tell this story. Okay, guys, we'll be right back with Jason with a couple more questions after the break. Thanks. Okay, guys, I'm back with Jason Gallagher of TheRinger.com, and I got a couple more questions before we get on out of here. Um, so what's it like being what I suspect is is the lone ring, uh, Mavs fan at Ringer HQ? I know you have Jonathan Sharks there, who was a former colleague of mine at MavsMoneyBall.com, but he still lives in Dallas. Yeah. So what's it, what's that like? Because I, I, there, there can't be many Cowboys and Mavs fans there at Ringer HQ. Um. Yeah, you know, it's 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 been pretty uneventful <laughs> like since the ringer started. I guess Luka Doncic was obviously a big deal. Um draft night was fun. Draft night I was I was unbearable as I've been told. <laughs> I, I I truly was. I think I bought cigars and, and alcohol. I like to work, by the way. Um it, it, we have like a couple Mavs fans. We got a guy named David Lara, who's a who's a social media guy, and then Brian Curtis, who's a our editor at large. He's also a Mavs fan. Is David, uh, oh, is is he really? I didn't know that about Brian Curtis. Okay, he's from Fort Worth. He and David Shoemaker are both from Fort Worth. They went to high school together, so they're both Mavs fans. Um, but yeah, but but I feel like I am the the lone the lone Mavs fan, and and anytime. There's a reason. The thing about uh, Bill that's like really fun is that he likes to find. He likes to. He he's never going to text you like, "Oh my gosh, this player played so good tonight." He's going to text you when something doesn't go well. That's like his way of doing things. So I I feel like I'm that Mavs fan in his life. Anytime something bad happens for the Mavs, he he'll he'll be like, "Wow, that's that's interesting." And I'm like, "Yeah, thanks for bringing it up. Appreciate that." <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so, you know, you are, are a video producer on probably the, the internet's favorite social media show and NBA desktop. So, so when do you guys start back up? Because I know that ends up being a lot of work and, and is there anything else at the moment that you're, you know, able to talk about and, and, and excited to work on, you know, and, and at least as, as far as basketball season is concerned? Um, I don't, you know, I didn't check to see what I can and can't talk about, but <laughs> because there is, there is no, 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 but there is some exciting stuff. That's, that's like, that's, that's no lie. Um, if you like Bill and you like basketball, there could be some cool stuff coming. I don't know. And then, um, 
the NBA desktop will start back up at the start of the season. So we haven't actually landed on an exact date, but Jason and I are always texting about it. We've got a lot of really, we, what we think to be very cool, fun ideas. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm also excited that Ryan Rosillo is with us for full, you know, full time. And he's like, once, once he's here full time, we're really excited to do some stuff with him. Um, yeah, this year's basketball season is going to be super fun. I, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it. NBA desktop is, is, you know, it, now that we have an Emmy, it's like, now we feel like maybe, maybe we can ask for, you know, maybe we can see, see what kind of budget we can get, you know, <laughs> never really operated that way. So we're, we're excited to, um, we're excited to get going on the season. Do you ever, obviously breaks are good. And, you know, between the things that you do, between the things that Jason does, who, uh, yeah. who stopped answering my emails. Thanks, Jason. I know you're not listening. Um, do you ever regret not being able to do desktop during the summer? Because some of the things that happen in the summer are probably some of the, and maybe it's the absence of basketball content, but it, it feels like today, like Kobe and Shaq, like going at it oddly and then coming to a detente. Like, I feel like, like some of the best content happens when there's nothing going on just because people are bored or, or am I, or am I kind of full of it there? No, you're definitely not full of it. I mean, the first, the first year we did desktop, we felt we actually came back and did a, did that two or three like emergency episodes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I our desire to do that this time, I think, was doubled. The, the reason why we didn't do it is because Game of Thrones was also kind of happening at the same time. Sure. Really hard. Um, so, like personally, no, because no, I do not have a dis- like ever. Do I ever think? <laughs> man, I was going to do an NBA desktop right now during our break because the break was so needed. Um, sure. But, but there, Jason and I have like sort of joked about how like NBA desktops actually probably even more relevant in the off season, you know, weirdly um, we try to, we, you know, we don't stop down after the finals. We go through summer league typically right. when, you know, we don't want to miss the draft. We don't want to miss, we don't want to miss um, free agency or any of that stuff. So we try to go through summer league and that typically is when things die down. But, you know, we, it's <laughs> Jason sent me a screenshot of some, or he Instagram a screenshot that literally made me cry. And I was just like, we would totally cover this on desktop and it was really gross and it was really disgusting. And I don't, I'm not really going to, well, I kind of felt it was a, there's a picture. It was like an ad for the Sixers. Did you see this? I'm trying to remember. It was an ad for the Sixers. And oh, yeah, all the white, and it's like, what is happening with yeah, this? So oh, like, my gosh, yeah. all the white surrounding them. That would have been a solid two minutes on desktop. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that Jason would have, like, gone in and be like, why? You know? Um, and so, so you know, sometimes I think, like, oh, we definitely would have done this on desktop. But, no, the, the break is, is much needed. And, and now that Game of Thrones is sort of – past us for now um i think jason too like we're both going to be pretty happy to just sort of focus on desktop for a little bit okay well you know i i just can't thank you enough for hopping on last minute i was i was underprepared you know i was so excited to start this podcast 
I did three of them in a row, and then I was just like, man, this is really a lot of work. And then yeah. I didn't message anyone to be my guest for like five days. So, you know, I, I very much hope you'll want to come back on and talk Mavs during the season. There's, there's Right now, there's just kind of a dearth of, of actual Mavs stuff to talk about other than hypothesizing. But I think we get into preseason, which, you know, is really... I mean, it's like 50-something days till the season. So preseason, we're talking, you know, and... and, and reporting for training camp we're talking three weeks max so you know we're, we're gonna have stuff to talk about soon i would like to probably have you on you know sometime in the in those first two or three weeks once we get some actual basketball play does that sound like fun yeah i'm into it okay okay well i, I again you know you're taking time out of your evening i know i appreciate that so much so i i hope you come on uh, uh kirk your enthusiasm again soon <laughs> guys if you have an opportunity uh go to you know uh, itunes search mavs moneyball pod and you know give us five stars or you know give me zero stars tell me why i stink let me know what what's happening out here and i uh, hope you guys enjoy your uh, labor day weekend once again uh, jason gallagher thank you so much for coming on thanks kirk